Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low-effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome back for another episode of Deeds in the Desert. I'm your host, Izzy Rosari. For those that don't know, I've been here about seven years, but not as long as my co-host today, Pat Vassar, Director of Underwriting. Been here, I feel like you came with the, the building. How long have you been here? How long have you been here for? 14 years. Oh, 14. I'm half the man you are and half the time you've been here. So, um, yeah, so today I have Pat on here because we're, we want to talk about um, something we've done here in the month of August. Pat, let's talk about August, what we've done as far as funding and um, why we're really doing this episode. You know, August was a, a very unique month for us. We ended up funding... Uh, 17 loans covering $66 million, almost $67 million. So to kind of put it in perspective, so far year to date, we've been averaging $29 million per month. So to do 66 is, you know, a huge number for us, no doubt about it. So why did the worlds and the planets and everything align this month? What, what, what made a difference? It's a confluence of unfortunate events, to be honest with you. Uh, Last month being July, uh, a few of our loans pushed, you know, we are in a position where we will not fund a loan until all the stars really do line, meaning all of the borrower's documents are in place. The lender's policy is up to our liking. There are no mechanic liens on the property. There is no way anybody can jump in front of us. If there is any bit of evidence that would uh, kind of show to the contrary, we will hold off funding. And we did that on a few different loans last month. Uh, it doesn't necessarily always affect the investors. They're never usually on the loan at that point in time. Right. But on the back end, before we present it to the investors, sometimes you know we have to uh, kind of delay things a little bit to make sure the stars do align mm-hmm. before investors get to to see it. Sixty six mil. That's a that's a really large month. So let's uh, let's break down for some of the uh, listeners out there. I know you said seventeen loans, sixty six point six million. Where were some of those loans at? You know the biggest uh, biggest. Part of our portfolio really was in Utah. 41% of our loans were done in Utah, wow. but that is a little bit skewed because of the largest loan we've ever done was mm-hmm. originated in Utah last month. Okay. And because of that, it really skewed our numbers. Really? Okay. Uh, aside from that, we had 21% in Oregon, 26% in Colorado, and then a few others in Nevada, Arizona, Texas, and Montana. So a bit of a mixed bag, definitely. Um, can you talk a little bit more? You said that um, that largest loan we've ever done in uh, Utah. Can you tell us which loan was that? Yeah, that was a, a loan done by a gentleman named Dan Luster. He's been on the podcast once before. It is a project in Midway, Utah, which is just south of Park City. Uh, and, and as of one week ago, I'm happy to announce that Deer Valley has actually purchased the uh, the new ski resort that's going in wow. in in Midway, known as Mayflower. Wow. Why this is is relevant to us and very meaningful is now Park City Park City was really being limited because they're in a box canyon, meaning there's only one way in, one way out, and a very limited amount of parking. Because of that, there was no room to grow. They couldn't add acreage to their, their footprint within that uh, corridor. Now they have a new main main front door, new main entrance. Mm-hmm. That's in Midway, Utah, known as the Mayflower. Once that up is up and running next year, not only does it double the size of Deer Valley, the, the uh, skiable acreage, but more importantly, it puts the main street 
on our side of the mountain. So from this project to the new quote unquote main street that will be on Mayflower here in a few years, uh, it's a 10 minute drive as opposed to a 45 minute drive. Uh, that is an absolute game changer. And to say um, it's luck or happenstance would be a little short-sighted. We, we knew this was coming. We knew it was a matter of time. We didn't know exactly when, uh, but it's been in the works for about six years now, even before the first shovel hit the ground in Mayflower, which is part of the reason we got involved in this project to begin with. Not only is it a great community as is, but this is about to experience some explosive growth. Sounds like the locals and tourists are going to have a lot of fun here in a couple uh, couple years. How long would you say until that's all done, by the way? It depends on your definition of done. Mayflower itself, the skiable area, uh, should be 50% done this ski season. The rest nice. of it, the following season. As far as the new Main Street is concerned, you're not going to see really any definitive uh, new shops, restaurants, bars, all of that for another two or three years. As far as when it really converts over to be the new front door, I would say it's still probably six years away, to be honest. Gotcha. Well, give enough people out there enough time to move on in before it comes through. So, Absolutely. Uh, let's jump over to Oregon, go into the, the Northwest up there. And um, let's talk a little bit about that large loan that we did up there for, um, what was that? Rhino? Rhino Clackamas. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a funny name, but it, it is. is. <laughs> I laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> it is in Clackamas, Oregon. Uh, so that was not a, a name, unique name made up by our borrower or anybody else uh, affiliated with Ignite Funding, but just simply the the location in which it resides. It's an old department store that has been vacant for a few years. Our borrower, Rhino Holdings, based here in Las Vegas, purchased the empty facility. We'll retrofit it and have a single, single user go in. This user is an indoor kind of uh, adventure park. So there's got a bunch yeah, of trampolines, yeah. some some dodgeball areas, basketball. Something for a little bit tag. of everybody in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. It's one of those fun centers that uh, you or your kids may have grew up uh, idolizing minus the roller rink. Right. I'm starting to see a lot of those more like coming out and about actually all over now. So absolutely. And the group that is going to be the occupant in this property is the world's largest operator of such facilities. They've, oh, wow. got, they've got operations in a few different countries and a few different continents. Okay. And so they are definitely experienced, know what they're doing. And now it's a matter of execution from our borrower side to put all the tenant improvements in place so they can start opening the doors. Well, that's good for those investors out there. This, these uh, sound like they're not the new kids on the block. So this is something that they do on the regular. Absolutely. And you know, none of this is new to us or to hopefully to any of our investors. These locations that we're in, um, none of them are new. Those are all ones that we've been in in the past, ones that we are, are continuing to go into because of strong demographics. There's still people moving to those locations, Texas, Utah, Arizona, still have a huge influx of population. Um, and so we are always out there being proactive instead of reactive, always out there looking for new markets, new borrowers, new product types to get our investors involved in. We know we have a finite amount of cash and we would deploy that the best way we can. Let's jump into another market. I see we have a, a significant amount from this past month is uh, Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Colorado was done with uh, with two different borrowers. One is local homes or Gray's development as they're sometimes referred to as their, their uh, development arm of their home builder. They are, as their name may apply, uh, a local home builder to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they build 
typically attached homes, mostly in Colorado Springs, although they do have some projects in Denver. You we, stop you there really quick. For those listeners out there, I know they probably hear this all the time when, when they're listening to various episodes. What does that mean? What does attached home and what does detached home mean? What is that? It means if you share a wall. Okay. If you live in an apartment building, it's an attached product, right? You okay. share a wall or in most cases, multiple walls with somebody else. A townhome, you will usually have two walls you share each side of your house. You won't have anybody above you or below you because you actually own the dirt fee simple. Therefore, you can't have somebody above or below, but you will usually have somebody on both sides of you unless you're an end unit, then you only have a shared wall on one side. Either way, it's considered attached because you have what are considered firewalls, sometimes referred to as party walls that are put into place between the two units for sound barrier protection and fireproofing standards. Um, but it's a lot cheaper to build. They can put more units in, in a given area because you're condensing it down. Detached, on the other hand, is just that. There are no shared walls. There is nobody above you. There is nobody below you. You own the land fee simple. You have all four walls to yourself. There is no neighbor on you. And on top of that, there will be building setback rules where you can't build a, a new unit X amount of feet away from the property line. So you know there's not going to be anybody encroaching onto your territory. Well, thank you for explaining that. Absolutely. So that's one of the two borrowers. And then the second one is a group called Future Legends. It is a project up in Windsor, Colorado, which is about 45 minutes north of Denver. Uh, the project is a multi-use, multifaceted uh, endeavor done by a gentleman named Jeff Katofsky, who is attorney out of, uh, out of California by trade. Uh, he has done quite a bit of real estate projects in the past, all to culminate into this one project. And by that, I mean he has done hotel, retail, residential, um, own sports fr franchises, all of which to gain knowledge and expertise to build this, which is in his mind going to be the preeminent location for destination youth sports, where people from all across the country will come into Windsor, Colorado for multi-day sporting events on the youth level. The idea being once these youth sporting events come to play, the youth kids play during the day and then at night get to go with all their teammates to these professional sporting events and then go back to the dormitories that are in-house or on-site to spend the night with their wow. with their teams and rinse and repeat all over again the next Where day. Where was this when I was a kid? Right? <laughs> <laughs> all the while, the parents are in a three or four-star hotel yeah. on-site nice. that uh, don't have to be in the rooms with the kids. And this is really a semi-vacation for the parents and a definite vacation from the kids. Every guy growing up playing youth sports dreamt of this type of scenario. Sounds like they should make a pitch to the Little League World Series over there and get it moved over. No comment on that right <laughs> now. There might be some things in the work already. Um, that's awesome, though. That's 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 just it's so cool listening to all the different types of projects you've already talked about because everything's different. It seems like everything is not just you know one and the same. You know everything from the residential side, to the commercial side, um, the retail. I, I, it's a mixed bag, and I think that's the one of the coolest things that I've been able to see us you know transcend into over the last couple of years. Is you know we're not just a one stop shop for retail. We're not just a one stop shop for multifamily. Like it's everything across the board. So it's really great for not just for us, but for our investors too, to diversify them even more. Absolutely. That's really the name of the game, Izzy, is, is making sure that we are deploying our money, or more importantly, the investor's money, into the best opportunities possible. We don't pigeonhole ourselves to specific boxes, specific asset classes, or even specific locations. Like I said previously, we're dynamic enough to go out there and take advantage of wherever the market is. Right now, it's in the markets that we're 
heavily in the markets that have huge growth drivers behind them. Um, a lot of people migrating to those areas. And on top of that, there's a depressed supply. There's a need for homes. There is a need for retail. There's a need for the product types in which we are, are financing. We want to make sure we continue to do that instead of saying, hey, we're based in Las Vegas. We're lending in Las Vegas. Take it or leave it. Right. We're not that group and we will never be that group. So 66 mil in the, in the month of August, that's great and everything. But let's talk about the one thing we really care about here at Ignite Funding, which is our servicing. How, how much has this increased our servicing number now? You know, right now our servicing is at 373 million. Kind of put that into perspective. We started the year just shy of 340 million. So that's an incre increase year to date of $34 million or just about four just and a quarter four, yeah. per month, uh, which is, is more than uh, we did last year. Uh, it is more than, than uh, I maybe had expected going into the year. And we're progressing more and more each month. So if you look at the first quarter, it wasn't that high. Second quarter, it wasn't that high. Third quarter is bringing the numbers up, and I would anticipate the fourth quarter to bring it up even more close, if not over $5 million on average. Sounds like $400 millions right around the corner. It is. That's the goal for this year, uh, to, to break that um, probably in November, to be honest. I, I think that's more than doable. Uh, it's an uphill battle to get there, but uh, we've got the, the staff, we've got the investors, and we've got the loans to do it. Well, since you said it, I might bring you back on um, around mid-November and let's see where we're at around then. Let's see if uh, you uh, were guessed right. I, I honestly think we might be hitting it a little sooner. So we'll see uh, We'll see where we're at come mid-November. Let's make it a date. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, Pat. I think that's pretty much all we have for today. I just want to say congrats to the entire Ignite funding team for putting all their effort in for the month of August. I mean, $66 million, that's that, that's a huge number. And as Pat said, it's, it's more than double what we've been doing um, every month this year. So, again, thank you again for listening to this week's episode of Deeds in the Desert. We're signing off. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Adios. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 